I'm staring at the camera. He's staring at the camera. Holy controversial <laughs> sponsorships. This is Flight Check Season 3, Episode 7. We're what back. A start. Once again, I've got a fresh new jersey on. Uh, the camera's reversed, but it does read Sandy Toes, uh, in case you can't tell. That is my name, as always. And to my left and my extra left are my fellow hosts, Noxwar and Curly Double Q. Gentlemen, we've been gone. Uh, we took a week off last week, so we have a lot to catch up on. How are you guys doing? Uh, Nox, you did a little bit of a Nox Talks last week. Thank you for yep, filling yep, in yep. for us on that one. Uh, but two weeks have gone by. FlyQuest still atop of the league, looking good, even with the loss to EG this past weekend. Uh, playoffs have been locked, and that is crucial for step one of the FlyQuest world domination train. Uh, Curly, how are you feeling about things now? We're sitting at 11-2, five games left to play. Are we... I mean, the danger always at this point in time is like, okay, we don't want to get complacent. So how are you feeling about complacency in the FlyQuest camp, possibly? Well, I don't think we're complacent. Um, I think this week was definitely rougher than we would have liked to have been. A lot more shaky moments, even in the CLG game, mm -hmm. uh, than, you know, than you would like to see for a top-tier team. But at the same time, uh, even in their loss to EG, some really bright, shining, like, good moments in, like, more of a struggle of a game. So I, as a fan, I would not say I'm complacent, but I'm happy even with the results of the week because it's not like, oh, we fell apart. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything's awful. Like, on Friday when I watched us lose, yeah, I was sad. But, like, in reviewing today, like, honestly, I'm comfortable. Not complacent, but I'm comfortable with the trajectory of this team, especially because... Having like seen what we were able to do with Winsome for half the split, um, which is kind of like just a oh suddenly have to figure things out situation, that means the team is able to figure things out. You know, yeah. yeah. So I, I have faith in the players, faith in uh, faith in the coaching culture, and uh, you know I just we're good, we're good, we're, good. we're on we're a good, good trajectory. Everything's good. Knox, how about you? Trajectory still pretty strong. This is like. I don't want to say this is an early time to lock playoffs, but it does feel a little earlier than maybe we normally would see a playoff lock. Um, yeah, technically by normal LCS standard, uh, this is early. You don't typically see teams locking playoffs by week six. Yeah. Um, it's happened in the past, obviously, with teams like Cloud9 2020 Spring, uh, TSM 2017, 2016, maybe even summer, I think, if I recall correctly. Stuff like that, like it happens, but yeah, no, typically you don't see teams qualify this early on. So if anything, that should be kind of a signifier of like how good this team is because that's kind of a check mark or a benchmark of like, hey, is this a good team? Yes. Um, <laughs> granted though, you can still have examples like Immortals back in 2017 who also went on that 17 and one streak, did qualify for playoffs back in like week six and then promptly dropped out of semifinals and the third place match very quickly. So, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, but usually they're very good signifiers if you're qualifying this early, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree, and I think um, ultimately the trajectory is good. 
I am, and we'll get into this more, obviously, we will be discussing the loss to Evil Geniuses uh, later tonight, but I would rather take losses that we still kind of look good in and just use those as learning points. Um, And frankly, this is probably one of the better times to take a loss than, you know, say like Super Week, right? Uh, You don't want to lose too many games in Super Week because you want your momentum going into playoffs. So like Week 6, that's a fine time to take an L. Uh, But we were gone last week, like I was saying, so it is time for us to check in uh, for our flight tonight. And tonight, fellas, I am going to ask you for just one singular team that has stood out to you these past two weeks for good or for bad. And you cannot say 100 Thieves. (laughs) What do you mean we can't take the cop-out answer, Sandy? Come on, now. You cannot say 100 Thieves, and you also can't say Team Liquid. So, I know. I've I've taken two of the easiest answers away. So, pick me a team. Uh, Talk to me about a team that is still interesting, narrative-wise, for you guys. Nox, I'm going to let you answer first on this one. Uh, I... I think for me, the answer then has to lie with Evil Geniuses. Uh, they had a pretty bad previous week to this week, and I kind of talked about it in Knox and like little Twitter spaces that I did with everyone. But uh, for me, it was just like, man, they're gonna come roaring back to life. Like they're going to be mad, they're gonna be pissed off. And like, of course, they had to play the... us that week too. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> like you, you lose to Dignitas. Ayla's like clowning on you on twitter rightfully deserved by the way oh absolutely but then it's like uh, of course the rift comes and then we lose and it's just like oh that yeah. sucks but yeah. like at the same time like i mean my my predict my my pickums won't reflect this but i i forget who all was in the uh the twitter spaces with me but i was asked and i did say like what matches fly most likely to drop and most of the people in there were saying clg and i was like i don't think it's clg the most mm. likely one for us to drop a game to is going to be eg and lo and behold it happened. Yeah. So I, I think currently they're the most interesting narrative team right now because I, I think they look back in form and they look scary again. Yeah. All right, Curly, how about you? And I really hope you don't pick the one team that I have in mind. <laughs> well, for me, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to pick CLG. CLG not has he did been... not pick the team. <laughs> uh, CLG has been a team that I've been paying attention to and always like curious about how they do every week because I'm going to be honest. I would say... This is the most stable and consistent team in the whole LCS. Like, even in their victories, even in their losses, like, they are playing their game. They are finding opportunities to try and come back, even if it doesn't work out in the end. And culturally, this team, I think, is the closest. Like, they all vibe with each other so hard, no matter what happens. And honestly, they might be, like, they're peeking into my top three favorite orgs mm-hmm. out of nowhere uh especially with some recent drama um and underperformance from other orgs and so like i just really like this squad because they're like they're kind of like you know that cool guy that gets invited to every party 
just because no <laughs> one has any beef with them. Which is crazy, because two years ago I would be like, I can never think of anything positive to say about CLG. And they had a whole big org turnaround. So, like, this team, always interesting to watch. I really think they can punch up a lot more in these last two weeks to get a potential top four seeding, I'm not going to lie. Um, so, yeah. My power my power picks, or my uh, preseason power rankings, looking good. They're looking strong right now. Yeah. Well, one, one team, and this is my team, the team that really shakes up anyone's preseason power rankings... Golden Guardians. And I really want to talk about this team for a moment because over since week three, they entered week three at 0-4. They have now played nine games and won eight of those. So they have done a whole like half a split worth of games and did exactly what FlyQuest did uh, for the real first half of the split. Eight and one. And they've gone all the way from 0-4 to 8-5. They're sitting comfortably in fourth place. You know, season ends today. They're in that upper bracket. They look really good. They did lose to TL uh, on Thursday. But last week, they beat both Cloud9 and Evil Geniuses. Golden Guardians, people need to watch out for this team. They are not a pushover. This is probably... I would make the argument the best Golden Guardians team in several years. Uh, I would say ever, personally. I, that's also like, even over Even over 2020. The, the, that is the only other one I am thinking about, is the 2020 Golden Guardians that ended up becoming uh, 100 Thieves, you know, just without Hauntzer. So, I, I think, and if this Golden Guardians team continues to perform well, I think you can say, hey... They are absolutely the best Golden Guardians roster ever put together. And frankly, with those wins over Cloud9 NEG, this team, I believe, will be contesting for a spot at Worlds. If not, yeah. if not a spot at MSI this year, because I believe we can now get two spots, don't we? Um, we do, in so indeed. I, I really do think that this Golden Guardians team could surprise and break through. Uh, obviously would be taking second place to FlyQuest. By the way, how banger of a finals would a FlyQuest Golden Guardians finals be? Oh my gosh. That would be so good. That'd be so fantastic. So that's my team uh, that I am checking in on and watching throughout the week. By the way, drafted Stixay in uh, Fantasy LCS. Ooh, that boy, popping off every single week, looking looking real, real good. All right, let's get into week six. We're going to talk FlyQuest versus CLG first. And let's be honest, uh, not a lot to say on this one, um, except for a few, a few moments. Like, this game looked pretty well in hand. And I wasn't actually ever worried about it, even with the Baron Steel and CLG starting to scale up a little bit. I still felt pretty good about us ending up winning it. Uh, I wasn't worried about that one as much, but do want to hand it over to you guys. So CLG kind of takes the scaling front. We see Palafox on the ASOL. Super cool. 
Uh, I still don't understand what this rework does <laughs> for all the new abilities. I just see, I just see like this huge shockwave from time to time. I'm like, that, that, that looks problematic. Um, and he can make like a big dust storm, you know, on the rift. That looks cool too. Um, but uh, Prince Spica actually was my standout player in this one. How about for you guys? Uh, what stood out? in this in this matchup uh yeah i mean obviously this was the first game worldwide of asol being played right and it very quickly for the rest of the weekend became apparent like oh this is very much a pick or ban champ like there's going to be a lot of presence on this champion um i i i agree with you sandy i think spiku was just absolutely immaculate oh. uh completely blew this game out of the water and the only reason why anyone was sweating at all was because Post 25 minutes, the Aurelian Soul finally came online a little bit, and it was like, oh, okay, no, the, the game's actually a little even purely because of this one champion. And so, um, at the end, it didn't really matter all that much. But, uh, yeah, I, I think overall I would agree. Spika just had a field day, played very, very well, got everyone ahead. Uh, not much else you can really truly ask for from Spika. Like, he just was a one-man show. Yeah. Curly, how about you? Uh, oh, looks like Curly is a little frozen currently. Uh, I think for me, the Annie pick, Knox, was interesting. I We have not seen a ton of, and I know this is a new patch, um, but not a ton of Annie mid. Mostly been a lot more of Annie support. I wasn't really a huge fan of it, if I'm being honest. Um, and it felt much more like a supportive mid style that I don't really like seeing Vikla on. I I love when he's able to really take control of the game. Um but I I just I, I'm not sure totally how I feel about this Annie pick. It ends up working out obviously, but I don't know. Uh do you have any thoughts on the Annie? Um I mean, it makes the game very simple to play, right? It is a very ease-of-execution type champion. Um, and, I mean, I don't think it's something that you necessarily need to have for this FlyQuest team. I think we can play complicated champions. But, I, I mean, at the same time, uh, it's it's good to have under the belt, right? If you need to play against, like, say, an EG like we did on Friday, and they put up a little more fight, sometimes you do need a little bit more ease-of-execution to be able to pull things off. So uh, I didn't mind it so much. Clearly needed a little bit of a warm-up or maybe a couple more stage games on it, which is something I do want to get into, by the way, about scrims versus stage games, but we can get into that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but overall, I think I didn't. I, I agree with you overall. I didn't really mind it. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a little more with it, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Annie did its job. It did exactly what it was intended to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I thought Ayla... And Prince looked really, really good. Ayla's Rakan, 19 assists, by the way, um, and one kill. So 20 out of 23 on that kill participation, uh, tying actually with Spica, who had basically half the team's kills. <laughs> 11 kills, no deaths, nine assists. Uh, absolute player of the game for me. He set up so many key early engages. Um that really set the stage for this win, ultimately, because 
we were able to get so far ahead that I think if we had not gotten so far ahead, the CLG scaling would have caught up a little bit quicker. Oh, and for maybe this for game, sure. maybe this turns into an O2 weekend. Um, so getting ahead that fast definitely key to this dub. Curly, I see you're back on the phone. Uh, talk to me. Give me uh, your thoughts on this CLG game. Any, what was your big standout points? Yeah, so you guys kind of already pointed out the two big players, I think, were definitely Spika and Ayla. Like, they were able to find so many really good engagements and just entrapments on the side of CLG and just got lots of important picks that made it easy to get objectives like the Baron or the Drake, and it just was really, really good. <clears throat> and the amount of CC that they were able to let on, it was absolutely ridiculous. It's like, second speaker saw someone, boom, ulting, then following right in was Ayla, and then Ayla's knocking them right back up, and it's just so much. So it was really, really good. Um, I do think we had some slip-up moments there where it wasn't just the ASOL coming online. Uh, Dokla definitely had some uh, Olaf moments. Like, Dokla, I think, is someone that should be respected a lot in the top lane. He's really good at dueling and playing these champions that can do a lot of damage and sustain all at the same time. And so I'd say he was a bit more of a thorn in our side than we expected him to be. But, you know, like even at the end when we were going to win and it was 2v1 and it took a long time to take him down and that was just to buff the stack. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I do think it was a really good... Uh, game from FlyQuest, and I agreed with the getting started early. Like, getting ahead early made it pretty impossible for them to come back, even when they had their windows of opportunity. So, really, just really good gameplay from FlyQuest. Yeah, Nox, uh, any further thoughts on this one? I think, um, uh, do, do you feel like the ASOL was like... I mean, how, how did you feel about the ASOL pick here. Did you feel like it was good? Uh, I, I think in general, the ASOL pick right now is absolutely deserving of its 90% pick ban rate. Damn you, <laughs> Dignitas and Immortals for not making my tweet accurate. But uh, I, I think the champ is just busted, I think, personally. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a healthy busted, if that makes mm. sense, because you have to make it to the 25-minute mark. Right. If you have games like FlyQuest did... Or uh, I think the other good example was Cloud9 uh, and whoever they played on that Thursday. Um, I think it was 100 Thieves. Bjergsen played it, and they just got absolutely rolled, right? If teams can absolutely punish the other team for picking ASOL in the early game and run away with it, then, like, yeah. But I think it's fairly balanced. But at the same time, if your team manages to survive, then you have every right to try and climb back. It's very much like a Kale pick, right? Except it's just in the mid lane now. And so I, I think overall I'm okay with it, but at the same time, it's very much deserving of its pick rate so maybe that does mean it needs to be nerfed a little bit but i guess i don't really mind the playstyle so much maybe after another week or two of seeing the constant pick bands i'll be like, okay nerf this champ i'm tired of it but <laughs> yeah for, for the time being i'm actually kind of okay with it riot seems to love uh over tuning champs on release or after rework uh i and i understand the philosophy a little bit where you want people to play the thing that you've made so that you can see, okay, how good is it actually? Where can we bring it back to? Because you, you know, you want the data of people playing it. So if you make the champ weak as hell and no one plays it, then you know what's even the point of doing the rework? But 
yeah, if you if it's, but you, sometimes some of these champs when they wind up in pro being that 100% pick or ban status or even like that 95 plus percent you start to wonder like okay, did we really need that flat no. 20 AD, <laughs> you know, buff on the Q? No, we didn't. We really need that. we really we really did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll tone it down a little bit. Uh, all right, Curly, any final thoughts on FlyQuest versus CLG before we move forward? Lovely. I see that head shake. We will move on. All right, unfortunately, we did take on another blank gaming uh, team. This team was uh, called uh, Big Oil Gaming. Uh, we played them uh, yeah. this week. Uh, Evil Geniuses. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but we're... I. We're not really going to get into the, as, as from, I don't think we were going to get into the Danny stuff. Go, go, go read Arsh, go read yeah. Richard Lewis, go watch Thorne. All three of those together should surmise it pretty well. Yeah. So we, we're not going to really get into those things tonight. We should have discussed whether or not we would, would, but I didn't think we were planning to. So, um, but I do agree on Go Read Arsh's article. It was very well done. Uh, great journalism there. But we did end up playing, e.g., the faded uh, Ayla versus Vulcan uh, rivalry finally came to a head on Friday, and we did wind up taking the L. Um, we got smashed in early game. That was a huge problem, and also, of course, the Garen into the Cassante first LCS Garen. It has an infinite KDA, and uh, it is 1-0 all-time in the LCS now, so definitely stuff to talk about there. Oh, absolutely. Curly, oh, I yeah. know... I know you were a little frustrated by an aspect of the draft, uh, and I want why don't you expand on that thought? So the first thing like I noticed is we first picked Aphilios and then used the second pick to get Sejuani like and let them take Thresh away. And I feel like that's just a little bit of a big question mark, because if you know Philios Thresh is like the OP combo why would you not draft them both together? Like, usually doesn't make sense. Like, if you've got, like, certain champs that just, you know, bot lane duos that, like, yep, this is it. You usually want to pick those back-to-back. -back. Um, and so we kind of get punished in the fact that they took the Thresh over on the side of EG. Forcing is going to be like, all right, what are we going to put with Aphilios? And I don't really think Lulu was the answer, mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't... I don't see where it contributed much so yeah and then like the Sejuani I really don't think we're going to risk losing the Sejuani to um, EG there so again first pick like getting that in before the fresh and letting them take the fresh away was just a bit of a question mark for me yeah Nox how do you feel about uh, dropping the thresh uh, and not, not picking it up after first picking the Aphelios yeah um uh, it definitely seems like fly greeted in the draft a little bit. So my, my thought process is you see the B1 Varus, right? Very immobile AD carry, possibly going poke, uh, depending on what you draft, could go on hit. 
either way is very much a uh, sit there and like either channel your queue or sit there and auto attack. Not a mobile AD carry. And so your next thought process is, what do you typically want to uh, pair that with? Well, Thresh is a very big one because it helps him get out of sticky situations. Tom Kench is another one as well. So you, you being FlyQuest, you uh, are one on Aphelios. And the next best champion for him is also the exact same thing as Varus in pairing him with a Thresh. So the Sejuani pick is very uh, confusing to me because while Inspired has a very good Sejuani, it is not uh, super prevalent in my opinion and is not sh should not be prioritized at this particular point in the draft. Um, with having said that though, after that, I really don't mind the Lulu. I think the Lulu is fine, but I'm also, as you guys very much know, uh, a Lulu sympathizer. I am a one-trick pony Lulu. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. But um, I, I do highly agree overall. I, I do think the Thresh should have absolutely been an R2 pick here. I don't know why we let it go back over to the EG side. Um, and then to really hit the nail in the coffin or hit the nail on the head, Ned on the head on the nail, whatever the phrasing is, um, the, the Gragas was the big thing this game mm. for me. Uh, it, it, it wasn't the Garen. It was I mean, FBI piloted the Varus very well. Uh, it wasn't the Thresh. It, it was just purely Inspired's Gragas. This thing was disgusting. Um, I do not ever, not even if we have our own Thresh, I do not ever want to see Gragas on the enemy side if we have an Aphelios again. It was just terrible for Prince to deal with. Please, please, please do not let that ever happen again in draft. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my general consensus overall. Yeah, I thought, uh, oh man, I, I, yeah, I just, the other thing I didn't like about this comp was the Talia. Um, I am not convinced by Talia in this meta right now. Um, let me, I'm going to pull up Games of Legends and just see what her, man, maybe I should have made this a bait or great. Um, that would have been good. But I'm just not convinced by Talia right now. And also, I just... I felt the big issue that I had in this draft was how much of it was reliant on Prince to just, com you know, completely 1v9 the entire game. Um, Talia's not going to do that. Cassante maybe, but he's, he's not really acted in the pro scene as, like, the carry kind of threat. <laughs> Not since week one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sejuani, obviously, no, and Lulu's his support, so that's not happening either. So, you put all the eggs in the Prince basket, and as you saw with that final engage, where we're running it down, we're running down mid, trying to take a turret, because we've kind of cut them off. They take out Prince. Our entire team fight is over. And that's one of my frustrations. That happens with... multiple. That happens multiple times throughout the game. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just pointing out that one particular instance. It's just I don't I don't vibe with single threat comps, and this felt like a single threat comp that really lacked anything like like any big muscle behind the prince. I thought. Uh, Jojo looked really good on the Azir. Um, Games of Legends, not working for me right now, so I cannot give you the, uh, 
the Talia stats, unfortunately. Um, but that was so, my that was my big frustration. I did not like the Talia pick. I, I will say, I mean, our one other loss was also to a Talia, piloted by Maple. And the one thing I've kind of noticed that is a pattern in Talia wins is if you can get a snowball going, and it's very, very imperative that the snowball is going, Yeah, you can use her map movement and her wall to begin cutting off sections of the map so that way you can get certain macro advantages. Mm. What happened this game, though, um, is Inspired had a very, very good ward um, at like the 245 mark, which caught, uh, caught Spika out and prevented him from doing his normal jungle invade. And in turn... Also caught out uh, Vikla's ward on the uh, top side towards that little entry brush towards Spika's Raptors that allowed him to get that gank off. From that point on, EG just had consistent tempo advantage, and Vikla was never going to get the snowball going that he needed to get to start actually taking chunks of the map where he needed to. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my thought process is like, yeah, if you can get this champ going, I absolutely see why it is a worthy R5 pick. But that clearly didn't happen this game. And even... Though FlyQuest is now what eleven and two, and at that point in time, like eleven and one, um, FlyQuest has had some sus early games. Like it's not a yeah. guaranteed thing that you're going to have the snowball going for you, which is why I agree overall, Sandy, that I think there were better R five picks here. But I'm also not like complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the obviously the big issue in this game was the early game and you're right yeah there have been some suspicious or sus as the kids say uh <laughs> some sus early games and um yeah the garen just bullied out impact on the Cassante. he could not he could not lane against that champ it, it is a good counter garen is the biggest pain in the ass <laughs> for any top laner ever I have lost so many top lane games to Garen because of everything that happened there. Like, if you saw how much movement speed he has, not only can he chase you down, but if you are the slightest threat to him, he will get the hell away from you and you can't chase him down. It's like, I'm going to run in, unload a bunch of damage. You might be able to get one thing on me, but I'm going to cleanse it with my Q and get the frick out of there. So mm. it's like, it's ridiculous. And it's like, such a simple champion that of course no one would ever pick it in a pro game and yet here it is right right, right and right. then you give him a gun <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funniest things uh that i saw for <laughs> in that in that game when medios just goes hey uh take a look at the garen build right now and Kobe of Lotus goes, oh my god, it's a rapid fire cannon. <laughs> they gave Garen a gun. That was absolutely hilarious. It's like um, it's like that video of the kid that the mom goes, you know, hey, what do you got there? A knife. No. A knife. No. <laughs> that is one of my favorite hey. vines. I love that hey, line. Uh, hey, hey, Garen, what do you got there? A gun. No. Gun. Yeah. No. So. Uh, Garen goes screaming off around the Summoner's Rift map. Right, right. Oh, someone has to animate this now, Spinning please. Around. Yeah, if, if you have the uh, GIF ability to make our dreams a reality, I will pay you $5 on Venmo uh, if you make this. So, um, <laughs> all right. Other thoughts on this game. Uh, I've got a bit more of an existential thought, but I want to leave. let you guys get 
your thoughts in first. I mean, my thoughts when I rewatched the VOD today are actually, even though there were draft problems, even though Garen was a menace, um, even though Vikla got bullied into the point of not being existent really quickly in the game, we still had some really good moments. Like, we managed to have a little bit of pushback. The Baron steal was absolutely beautiful, and I think, like, that has something that we can take merit from. It's like, all right, even in the probably the worst game we've ever had, we somehow managed to make it look good in certain moments. And I'd say we're even coming back. Like, if we didn't overextend in that moment and just go all in on nowhere, because we're like, yeah, we can definitely win this fight, and then suddenly get baited into losing it, yeah. I think there's a world where we managed to squeeze out a surprise win out of this game because of the patience and the intelligent macro plays, you know? Yeah. Because Prince was coming online. Because Hante was becoming a menace. We were becoming... We were making really good picks. So... I think the team's going to take a lot of notes of what went wrong here. Might even respect a Garen ban here or there, but you have to predict, all right, who's actually going to do this crazy thing. Um, and just go next yeah you just go next yeah i think my my thinking about this game is just that like i said at the start of the show if there was ever a good time to take a loss this would be it week six um you're still 11 and 2 you've locked playoffs this is a good opportunity for you to sit down and go hey all right what went wrong okay clearly our early games are not that great at times. We do end up winning out in the mid-late, which is fantastic, but this is an area of the game where we need to lock it down. And when you have a clear issue that ha that you have legitimate, like, hey, here's stage VOD material for us to review and for us to look at, I think that goes a long way towards improvement so my hope would be this is an instance where the team can go all right we've learned let's take it to the next level focus on our early games and just really come out and smash uh in that realm for the next few weeks because you're gonna need early game you can't just be a mid late team you have because eventually if you only play for mid late you will get smashed in the early game like we did against eg uh curly's disappeared i am now curly um and hopefully i he's, think he's rejoining on I his think computer he's rejoining think, on the computer and there he is all right we're back to the computer most excellent uh he's so bright so washed out uh all right so that is week six in the books week seven up next and it's time to discuss how we think those games will go so really quick can, yes. can we uh just very quick discuss scrims versus stage games because i, I want to point something out that i've heard in various interviews uh no so, yeah go ahead please I, I don't know if curly knows what i'm gonna oh okay, okay okay so there's been a couple of interviews recently from uh, various other members of other teams. Uh, C9's Ven being one. Um, there was someone from Evil... No, sorry, not Evil Geniuses. Golden Guardians, I think it was an arrow, um, who have been back-to-back -back weeks said that they have not lost a single game of scrims to FlyQuest, which I thought was very interesting because 
And, and then on top of this, Spika also mentioned on the broadcast that our current win-loss percentage in scrims is less than 50%. Yikes. Yet... No, I, he kind of did. Did you not hear it? Like, he whispered it. You, you, you can hear it. Like, go back and listen to it. I'm not even joking. Like, all of you, like, pause this. Go look up that VOD. You can hear it at the very end as the camera's, like, pulling out. It's, like, it's, it's less than 50%. Um, but all this considering is we have a team who is currently winning less than 50% of their scrims. And then you also have Enero and Zven both saying that this team plays completely different on stage. Mm. That they are a whole different monster one on stage. What are y'all's thoughts on that? I, I'm very curious. Uh, Curly, you want to go first, and then I'll tackle it. Oh, yeah, sure. Get out the Enten scrims. Limit test. <laughs> see what you can do. See how crazy you can go. And see, all right, where did I go too far? So you can then keep pushing the envelope and bring it to a really clean game on stage. Like, if you are constantly trying to do the craziest like shit ever in scrims... If you are constantly all in, if you are applying so much pressure that you then make yourself vulnerable, you can learn how to make it work. So yeah, sure, run it down in scrims. It's crazy. Like, you don't need to win scrims. You need to learn from them. So yeah, keep it up. I want a 40% win rate fly quest so we can have the best stage game ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, alright, so here's my thoughts. I think, um... As long as we are learning something from taking the L's in scrims, then that's fine. Um, I think it is... Maybe I'm a bit more concerned about... You know, a less than 50% win rate in scrims. That would be, that's a little bit of a concerning number for me. But ultimately, the the issue with scrims is that they're so fluid. They're such a fluid thing. They're And they're not accurate to stage. They're games. not, and I don't want to call them meaningless because like, they're not they they hold a lot of meaning you do learn a lot you know but at the end of the day your environment in a scrim versus being on a stage your mindset in a scrim versus being on stage so many scrims you're like all right we're focused on doing this today we're trying to learn this while in stage you're like all right, we're going to do our best thing and we're going to crush it and we're going to execute these plays that we've been practicing all week. Like if you have some pre-planned things and you're and it's like you know, coach song walks in with this brand new like, "Hey, here's this jungle path that I want you to take, Spika, and then you're going to gank at 5 minutes and yada yada yada." And they run that 10 times in scrims and mess it up, you know, six of those times, and they lose those scrims. So, okay, they've got a 40% win rate. But then they bust it out in on stage, and it works. You know, oh no, we had a 40% win rate with this play in scrims. 
but then they practiced it, you know, a dozen times. So they learned what not to do. I mean, that's what practice is for. Scrims are literally for practice. It's not meant to be an accurate reflection of what you do when you get out on the stage. In the same way that, like, in baseball, batting practice, right? Batting practice is not an accurate representation of what, of the pitch you're going to be thrown when you step up to the plate. Batting practice... You, you mean I'm not just hitting grand slams every single game, Sandy? What do you mean? No, batting practice, you're stepping <laughs> up, you're, you know, you're getting thrown like a ball at, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour... And you're jacking it as far as you can go, as far as it can go. You're just like absolutely smashing that ball. But then when you step on into the plate, you know, in the first inning, runners on first and second, two outs, and the pitcher throws a 98 mile an hour fastball on the inside corner. Oh, uh, oh, that wasn't in the scrims. (laughs) That wasn't in my practice. No, because practice is not an accurate reflection of what you're actually doing. It's to get you locked in. It's to get you the repetitions. It's to get you warmed up, fresh, in the competitive environment. So, I'm not concerned. That was my woof. That was a rant, wasn't it? That went all. No, it was good. I liked it. You you see why I do it all the time now, Sandy? It feels good to get it. it feels out, good. Right? <laughs> scrims. Yeah. Scrim results are meaningless, except for sometimes. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, <laughs> scrim results are meaningful every time. So that's my take. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, yes. I, I, I mainly just wanted to ask because it's very interesting to have this parallel that I don't think has ever really been seen in the league before of mm. a team that has such bad scrim win rates but has such good on stage win rates. It's I think it's a first, uh, but. Maybe I'm not remembering a team, but I thought it was something interesting to touch on real quick. Yeah, no, absolutely. Completely agree. All right, it is now time to uh, get on over to week six predictions. Or, sorry, week seven predictions. Pardon me. We are three quarters of the way through the regular season for spring. Man, we're just on it. Time flies. Time is time fly quests. Uh, All right. TL is the Thursday game. We've got them uh, on Thursday. What time? If I can find my link. Oh, did I? No, I did not. It's got to be one of the earlier ones, I'm assuming. Oh, it probably is. I almost guarantee it. Hey, hey, Knox, guess what time uh, our game is on Thursday? I'm going to put out there it is a 5 p.m. Eastern start. Hey, congratulations. Uh, (laughs) You win. Uh, the flight check points tonight uh, on that one. <laughs> it is indeed... I'm going to Disney World! It is indeed a 5 p.m. start. All right, let's talk Team Liquid. Uh, I told you guys that you could not use them as your check-in team. Uh, last week, they go 1-1. They beat Golden Guardians, which at this point I would consider an upset, and then lose to TSM. Uh, they've had... It was their second 1-1 week in a row... After their 03 Super Week. Uh, and then, so yeah, Week 5 they had beaten Immortals and lost to 100 Thieves. So they are tied for 7th. One game out of playoffs. Uh, they are 5-8, and eight, tied with 100 Thieves. 
this team continues to not impress me. Um, this team continues to feel like just another TL experiment gone wrong. Um, and I'm not too particularly concerned about beating Team Liquid this week. Curly, how about you? Uh, what's your thoughts on Team Liquid right now? Easy dub. Knox, how about you? Uh, I'm not going to say easy. I will say it's a dub. Uh, keep in mind, this Team Liquid team, like, did take down Golden Guardians, and I do think Golden Guardians are a respectable team, and we are also coming off of a loss, so I don't know how the guys are feeling exactly. Typically, I would like to think that means we want the revenge match, we're pissed off, so which is why I'm saying that we're getting the W, but I don't think it's necessarily easy. This Team Liquid team is never someone I'm going to say, oh yeah, they should just roll over and die. Here, here's the thing is a good mental as a player is you go next. You don't let the losses bring you down. Uh, mm. So coming off a loss means nothing to me. Uh, the second thing is I feel like we have a bit of an advantage in the bot lane in the fact that Jan and Ayla played together last year. So in some hypothetical way, Ayla should have some insight as to Jan's weaknesses as a player. And then also TL vibes just seem kind of off anyway, whereas fly vibes... Always pretty good. Always pretty good. So, yeah. That's why I'm saying easy dub. There you go. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I just have not been, like I said, not been impressed with Team Liquid this year. Um, I do think there are times where they could show up and show out and really put together a quality game. But I just think we have the advantages in every position right now. Like, legitimately every position I think we are better in. Summit. My prediction is Summit, again, only lasts one split in NA. Uh, I think... I would not be shocked to see him gone uh, after after spring ends. Especially if they don't make playoffs. If they don't make playoffs, absolutely. All right. Uh, Immortals. Oh, boy, this team. Uh, sitting there at 3-10. and 10, They just... They beat Dignitas in the Battle of the Basement. Uh, one, one of the craziest games ever, by the way. Yeah, go I watch still it need if to, you haven't. still need to go back and watch that. And then they lost to Golden Guardians the next day. 3-10. Uh, and ten. They did uh, make a little bit of a change. So Balulu is now in as their mid laner. Um, is he in permanently? And... Uh, Yes, uh, a Blaze Olive has stepped away for unknown reasons and is gone indefinitely. And so Bolulu is now the permanent starter for the Immortals team. And to the absolute wonderful news of uh, Reddit mod Tom Shu, Yusui has been picked up by Immortals Challengers for the remainder of the NACL playoffs. Of course, of course. I'm sure he will be tuning in to, uh, what's it called? Hotline League tonight to... Uh, oh, I have a strong feeling he's going to be making an appearance on Hotline League. Oh, absolutely. Or right. he's going to damn well try. Uh, Alright, so... Mortals. Does, does anyone want to take the risk of predicting Immortals beating FlyQuest? Is this a trap game? Any chance of a trap game here? So, you know how I said the Team Liquid one I refuse to say is an easy game? 
I'm gonna say this is the easy game. Ah, this you can is put me down for game. a fly win. Oh uh, yeah, I can. I'm also putting myself down for a fly win. Curly, how about you? Can't yeah. do that apparently. Yeah, it's it's. Why would why would you expect me to predict anything else? You know, it, it's getting a little old. I make these graphics almost every week for the Twitter account, you know, of our predictions. And every week I'm just changing out what team we're beating and I'm just leaving FlyQuest as, uh, you know, boom, 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 boom. Except for last hey, week where I... Uh, I was going to say, give yourself some credit. You did have to change it last week and you earned it. I did pick... I I, I got some heat. I got a little bit of Twitter heat for picking uh, Evil Geniuses to beat FlyQuest last week, and then uh, it did happen. It's not helping me in my FlyQuest Discord pickums. Uh, I am still sitting at like twenty second or something like that. I'm doing uh, really solid in pickums. I'm mad though that like I missed my streak of consistently having seven out of ten games. <clears throat> uh. I, I I also may be doing okay in FlyQuest pickums. Yeah, you're you're literally tied for first. Oh, you're yeah. tied for first? I didn't That's even look that close. Dang it! Ridiculous. I'm only three points behind you. <laughs> One perfect week, and I close that gap. Super weak. Kicking you out. <laughs> Tough. But yeah, p p pickums has been okay, I guess. You know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Where did you get it? Where did you get the script? <laughs> I I think he just I think he writes it himself. Actually, that's part of the being the yeah. I, well, I mean, it is rigged. I mean, in case y'all didn't know. Oh yeah, of course. That's just how it works. Yep. I, I run the pickums. I can put myself in first. That's just how it goes. Indeed. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, time to talk some fantasy LCS. The flight check fantasy update. We are in playoffs, folks. Curly and I have sunk to the consolation bracket. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. That is how it is. Uh, after, even though I had a valiant uh, last couple weeks, I finished at 5-7, and seven, one game behind both Edgy Hoon and Ricebox, uh, who finished at 6-6. Six and six. TMB, friend of the show, first place, Nox War at second... Curly and I yeah. tied for fifth, then Hooli, and then Champion, Summer Champion Road, all the way at the bottom at three and nine. So TMB managed to two o me on the very last week. Yeah, freaking tenacity cost me hard, yep. dude. Yeah, I think he only got me ten points in total for the whole week. I was only twenty points off of beating TMB. If I had any other top, I'm not even joking, any other top lander this week, I would have beat him and I would have been fine. I, but yeah, happens. Happens. Uh, I'm just glad I uh, you you let me trade a uh, rice box for Diplex, Diplex slash Amenas. I would have had Bjergs, and it would have been even worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, tough. All right, so week seven semifinal matchups are TMB and Rice Box, and then Nox War versus Andrea, aka Edgy Hoon, and then in Constellation. It's me versus Road Roller, and Curly versus Hooli. Uh, I do have to note, I am going to brag on myself really quickly because I'm in that... Uh, the LFL? I'm in that Super League uh, with uh, a bunch of other content creators. So, Live Evil, 
uh, Delfino, Dr. Respawn, David Shinuck, a um, couple other like fantasy folks. And I did make playoffs in that Jealous. one. I went four and two. My team is uh, Impact Closer. JoJo sticks a poom. Although I, I have, I have a secret weapon um, incoming for. Uh, I have a secret weapon incoming say. for this week. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to make a, a, a. Please tell me it's a jungle swap. I am looking to make a jungle swap. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Who, nope. Who we got? I, I doubt. I, I really doubt any of those people are watching right now or have gotten this far in the VOD. I am going to try to get Boogie and drop close. Okay, okay. I think it's. I like it. I think it's the right move. So. I think if I do that. Like, I mean, just. So think about this roster. Impact Boogie, JoJo, Stixa, and Golden Guardians. Eight and one in the last three weeks. Uh, four weeks. Uh, and then Poom. A potentially at all top, top six roster right there. Yeah. Like, that is good. Yeah. I, I think that's a that's a pretty fire roster. So that's where we're at. Fantasy LCS playoffs. Two weeks left of that. And we will... I, I know I promised some reward to whoever wins. I forget what it was, but... We will get that reward to that person. All right, last topic of the night. It's Knox's time to shine. Uh, but it is, you know, I did. I, I did watch uh, FlyQuest Challengers. I have been keeping up fairly decently, actually, with the season so far. They are on the upswing. They bring in Winsome, and lo and behold, this team actually is just on fire now. Uh, Knox, they have a... Uh, three one week this week in week seven to close out an ACL play. Uh, last week they went four zero after a tough one uh, three in week five. So basically they just went seven and one in their final eight games. Uh, after and they after went... going one and seven prior to that, by the way, so complete inverse. Yeah, so they went from eleven and eleven and like tenth place to eighteen and twelve. Uh, and 7th place ahead of TL Challengers. Uh, and then maybe, I don't know, if Golden Guardians Challengers gets 2-0'd by Wildcard later tonight, maybe maybe we bump up to 6th place. Who knows? Um, but that is where things are at. Masu. Oh my god. Is he looking cracked. Very cracked, cracked. after the... Uh, Move to LA. Things look real good there. Um, and yeah, he just, he looks so much better. Winsome really making this team look even stronger. I think we called that that was going to happen, but great to see that it did. Uh, what's been really standing out for you these last few weeks in for Fly Challengers? And then we'll tackle Fly Fam at the end. I just, the, the bot lane in general, Ma, Masu, the moment he's on four ping is just a completely separate, different beast. It is, his movement is insane. Um, I just cannot give this guy enough praise. I'm sure, I mean, he, he's still super young. It's still uh, one of his first times being in such a competitive environment. I'm sure he still has tons to learn. But the way he operates team fights, the way he's operating lane phase currently is just at least for the NA level of the NACL, he's immediately skyrocketed to be one of the best 80s in the league. It is absolutely just mind-blowing. Um, and I'm not going to say that uh, 
flying challengers with sandbagging or anything, but you could tell that the team just started playing different the moment that uh, he arrived actually in the facility and the moment Winsome joined this team. Like, I don't know what changed exactly, but it was just like, okay, we're tryharding. Like, we're going to, like, just cruise up the rankings. Um, I'm If I'm any other t- team... I'm very nervous for this FlyQuest roster going into playoffs. Yeah. I'd be very scared. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm thrilled with how the team ended the regular season. Uh, and I think, pending no further changes, uh, I think our first matchup should be Immortals Challengers for the first round. Mm. For uh, FlyQuest Challengers? Yeah, for FlyQuest Challengers. The fir- first matchup for FlyQuest Challengers should be against Immortals Challengers, who we just played today. And... The one loss of the seven-game uh, streak uh, came from Immortals because we let uh, Balulu Zoe through. Yeah. But but they will be playing Balulu with Yusui. will not be playing. Yes. Yeah, he will be playing with Yusui whenever playoffs starts. Yep. So, a um, lo- lot of variables there, but pretty much all the variables, I think, are pointing in FlyQuest Challenger's favor, right? Yeah. Um, so, keep an eye on this team, especially keep an eye on Masu. Uh Dude, I like, oh, dude, I'm just so excited for this if, guy. Uh, I'm just so, so excited. I don't know how the tiebreakers work. If wild card, no, 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 sorry, that doesn't work either. I was about to ask if, if wild card two owed Golden Guardians challengers, and that would make Golden Guardians 18 and 12, but then wild card would just bump up to 19 and 11, and they would be in sixth place, so that it doesn't matter anyway. Um, yeah, so just for anyone who is listening, the way tiebreakers do work for the NACL, it is by game count. It is not by series, it is by game count. So if you're uh, currently, for instance, for example, I'm not sure how this is going to shake out exactly, um, but there is a three-way tie for third right now amongst 100 challengers, Cincinnati Fear, and CLG challengers because they're all 19 and 11. Um, and they're all so the six next tiebreaker wins, after that, seven draws, and two yeah. losses. So. Exactly. And so the next tiebreaker after the game count is series count. Who has the most amount of two O's? I don't know what the third tiebreaker is after that, though. So nope. there may or may not be tiebreakers after the games that are going that are going on right now. Yeah. Uh, keep an eye on that after the stream is done if you're listening live. If not, uh, I guess go check the results. Uh, also, one other note for NACL, FlyFam did get a dub tonight over Team Liquid first, and they've had a couple other dubs recently. Um, They've been improving! They have been looking a lot better. They got a win over uh, Immortals Challengers, which was huge to see. Uh, Definitely the biggest win they've had all season long. And then also a win over TSM Challengers. Uh, They did get 2-0'd by AoE Gold, but now they're guaranteed at least a draw with Team Liquid first, um, and I believe. I don't think they do. They're they're three games back on TL. No, no, no. First. I, tonight they're guaranteed a draw with Team Liquid first. Oh, oh I see, yeah, I see. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Uh, and I believe they will be slotted in to play Dignitas challengers, no matter what. Yep. Um, so that's going to be a tough draw for them. I'm sorry. That's a that's a very difficult one. Um, so hopefully they can either pull off the upset or the lower bracket looks really good. They're in the middle of an engage right now. I think they just won the engage. Lunasi is going in on aspect. They got a two for oh. Uh, Lunasi is about... Oh, he got him! Oh, that was a four for nothing. 
four for nothing. Okay. Uh, and they all of a sudden have a 2,000 gold lead. So, Flyfam looking real good. Hey, a 2-0 to end the season would be a real good way to close things out. Nox, what have your thoughts been on Flyfam recently? Had a lot of roster shuffles. Um, but now we've kind of settled in on this Lunasia, Blaze, um... Not not Blaze. Lunasia, uh, Instinct, Hyper. Hyper, Blaze, Sword, lineup. Do you feel like Hyper has really made this team better? Because they've just been looking good, or is it just like finally we've gotten enough reps in that we can figure our, our stuff out? Um, I do think par- part of it is strength of schedule. Um, keep in mind that we play the the... Three, the two wins that we just recently got, as well as this one, all come from like literally bottom of like the barrel teams. Like Immortals Challengers is not really that great. TSM Challengers is really not that, that great. Team Liquid First is only one place above FlyFam in the standings. Uh, part of it is definitely strength of schedule. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. However, um, after Goo stepped away, uh, stepped down, or whatever you want to call it. Um, there were some roster shuffles in the jungle trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And then FlyQuest worked out a deal with uh, the amateur org Supernova and acquired Hyper. And I think what's basically happened since then is because Hyper was in the uh, academy scene for so long, he really does have that veteran voice and understanding of how to play at this level of the NACL. And that has really helped turn this team around and has like a direction for this team to play through and uh, play on. And I, I think you've seen the evidence of what can happen when you have someone actually being able to lead this team properly. If you look back at like some of the other games, like the players individually can have smart moments, but like there was just really no co- cohesion or macro play. And holy crap, Lunasia just had a 2v1, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think just Hyper has been the voice that this team needed, that Goo and uh, Megidas and uh, Maniac were just never really able to truly provide. Um, so hopefully what ends up happening is I, I don't really have high hopes for them going against, uh, dig challengers who they're pretty much a guaranteed to slot against at this point. Right. But I do think that there is a possible optimistic lower bracket run that could happen. And I mean, let's be honest here. Um, AOE is definitely like fallible. I know we just lost 0-2 to them. Wildcard has not been looking as well lately. Uh, there is a world where FlyFam could sneak into that top two provisional slot in terms of provisional teams. It's not off the docket. It's not yeah, impossible. Absolutely. So definitely keep an eye on the team. I, I think they're going to 2-0 here. It'll be their first 2-0 of the season. I think that's going to be great for them and their confidence going into playoffs. So keep an eye on them. Nice. No, I'm definitely excited for the tournament uh, coming up. It's going to be really good to see. Curly, thoughts on... Any thoughts on Fly Challengers or FlyFam uh, going forward as we literally close out the regular season tonight? Um, Haven't been able to watch as much as I would like to because, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll be able to watch more. And then I picked up an internship that takes up all the time mm. and I would have well, to uh, <laughs> watch Fly Challengers. <laughs> but... um. I think the record's shown for itself. I like to see this team improve. Um, and I'm really confident going forward with both squads. You know, I think despite the shaky uh, season that FlyFam has had, we're making a good, you know, step in the right direction. So, yeah, love to see it. 
Nice. Alrighty. I think that is pretty much everything we've got. Uh, final topics from you guys. Anything you want to touch on? Um, I think in general... No, actually, I don't have anything. I'm just bullshitting. All right, there we go. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Well, I think it's time then to uh, possibly close out the show. Hey, before we do, do want to thank some friends who subbed with their prime subs tonight. Really appreciate it. Both Sandwich for the five months and Old Saggy Sack for the first month. Just the one month. But hopefully there's more to come. So, you know, that'd be that'd be great. We're up to four subs concurrently right now. Incredible. We're doing numbers, folks. Absolutely massive. All right, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of Flight Check. Week 7, it's back. Once again, FlyQuest playing the first game of the day versus Team Liquid on Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and then Immortals, I believe, at 6 p.m. on Friday, although... Could be flexed around depending on what's going on. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for all our instant reactions and thoughts. You can catch the show at Flight Check Crew, myself at SantosDB, Knox at Knoxwar with two R's, and Curly at Curly underscore double Q underscore. Please make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well, where all kinds of esports discussion and otherwise takes place. And if you missed any part of this episode, the VOD will be up on YouTube tonight or tomorrow morning, and we'll get the Spotify audio up tomorrow or Wednesday as well. If you're watching or listening to those and would like to catch the show live, we broadcast the episode usually every Monday night, usually at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Curly... Any final notes, shoutouts, or plugs before we wrap up the evening? Uh, shout out Knox for uh, picking up last week, having a good Knox talk, making sure there's light check content occurring. Uh, yeah, big fan of that. And uh, I think it's about it this week, you know? Kind of a slow week in terms of the shoutouts. There you go. Uh, Knox, how about you? Um... I will not be here next week. I will be in Colorado attending my fiance's sister's wedding. Mm, so all the weddings. Yes, lots of it, it is wedding season, folks. Uh, a lot of coupling happening. <laughs> um, having said that, though, Curly and Sandy will still be here, and I guess with a little bit of a teaser, there may or may not be someone joining them. That is not me. I will leave it at that, though. Yes, definitely not Knox War. It's just Knox with a mustache. Glasses, no, so. no. No? Oh, I, I was really hoping for definitely not Nox. It's the new skin line. It's the new it's the new Nox skin yeah. is uh we, 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 we can uh we can maybe arrange something. We'll see. Alright, here's my question for you guys. We'll see. If you could uh if you could like have a version of yourself that's like a skin line from like any, you know, League of Legends skin line. Uh, what would you what would you pick? Oh, that is such that, a tough that, one. I know, isn't that a good one? That that's our closeout question for the night. Oh man! You know what? Two two okay. I I I got the answer. Two two thousand four eight year old Knox 
<laughs> like, like Final Fantasy video games, custom Robo video games, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I want the Imperian skin line. Mm. Like, just let me be this edgy little guy running around all like nice. shadow and neon colors. I think it'd be super fun. Nice. I think I would go with. Uh, it it would have to be Project Sandy Toes. Oh boy. That would be. Sick. I'm silly. I'm yeah. silly. That's not hard. I've been thinking about it for the past week, and I just had, like, you never have something where you have an answer, but the second someone asks you, you forget all of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Star Guardians. Ah, Star Guardians. Star Curly Guardian Curly. Oh, there we go. Right there. It, it's it right, right, there. right there. It's an easy <laughs> answer, folks. It, I, I literally tweeted about what, like, this last week. I listened to, like, uh, the Porter Robinson song, like, yep. every other day. Yeah. Well, it's there right, it is. Yeah. Super easy. All right. Well, that's uh, that's also my shout out. My plug is uh, real life League of Legends skins for real people. I think Riot should get on that and uh, make that a thing. So, with all that said, we will be back next week. At least Curly and I will be to discuss week seven of LCS. Sure, and uh, also uh, uh the the dragon from uh you know the the world's finals that one time when it flew around the arena that guy uh he'll be he'll be on the show too so for now stay safe out there don't forget to hit the head on the nail and we'll see you all very very soon adios everybody have a good one guys and fly fam just two baby let's go on that note <laughs> peace y'all <laughs>